Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for another episode of Master Phil in your corner with your host, Master Phil. Greetings, everyone. Master Phil here with Master Phil in your corner with my trusty, faithful <laughs> partner in crime, Dougie Fresh Friedman. And here we are at the Undefeated Media Studios in wet but wild Wyckoff, New Jersey. And, uh, you know, we have uh, quite a show today. But before we get into that, we have to thank our sponsors. Absolutely. So first we're going to thank PhilRoss.com. <laughs> He's a good guy. On the PhilRoss.com site, we have the Kettlebell Workout Library, over 100 kettlebell and bodyweight-based workouts. We have Survival Strong, Defensive Tactics, uh, Strategies, Combinations, and Responsive Techniques. We also have the American Eagle Live, over 200 training videos with kettlebells, bodyweight, martial arts, defensive tactics, knife and stick work. And this whole package of all three of these different video training options, only $9.99 per month. Wow. Yeah, pretty cool. And we post uh, new workouts every week in the uh, American Eagle Live, and we're constantly updating the other ones as well. I just posted, uh, I think, 12 new Survival Strong workouts. Oh, there's thousands of them. Yeah, there. I there's, <laughs> a there's a lot of stuff to choose from. Uh, and we also have the Secrets of Kettlebell Training available now. Yes, right? available now. Right. Uh, learn the basics of the eight kettlebell movements, swing, deadlift, clean, snatch, press, get up, squat, and row. Over 100 movements demonstrated and explained. This is the hard style method of kettlebell training. And now it's a one-time fee for only $69 for full lifetime access. Nice. Yeah. And then we also have the body belt method, the world's only kettlebell bodyweight and dynamic tension certification based on the minimalist approach to strength, health, and fitness. The system is recognized by both ACE and NASM for continuing education credits and also listed on their respective sites. The certifications are available in person or online. And we do have a certification in person in Rye, New York on March 29th. That's Sunday. I think it's the 29th. Might be the 27th. I think it's the 29th. Right? Okay. Right. So, um, and we also have the Master Fill in Your Corner podcast, also available at masterfillinyourcorner.com. And also, is it available on the, the new revamp, revamp site yet? Uh, it, it's on the Master Fill in Your Corner podcast. But yeah, there's there's links and all the videos are here. And it's yep. what you're watching right now. Exactly. <laughs> well, also, if you want to contribute or become a sponsor, you can do that. Contact, uh, contact us for sponsorship. And you can also, if you want to donate, just go to the masterfillinyourcorner.com podcast and you can donate right there. Also, burnalong.com. I'm one of the featured instructors there on Burnalong. They join me and over 2,000 other instructors for only $14.95 a month. And coming soon, health is a wealth. God, I, was, I was working on that from 4 o'clock until 11. Wow. 4 o'clock in the morning. I was on with uh, our friends overseas. And uh, it's 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 coming together, man. It's coming together. We're gonna have nice. that out soon. So there we go. I nice. think that's uh, that's about it for now. And um, you know, the subject that we're going to be touching on today will be the difficult job that our police officers have. Oh yeah. And it's only getting more difficult. So you know, we have two very special guests today. Mm -hmm. One of them is a repeat offender. <laughs> <laughs> he's been here several times, um, and he's a, one of actually my best friend in the world. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Throw it out there, and um, 
he is a uh, he runs a police academy and he's a retired officer and you know he's again he's been on before and then he's got uh, a gentleman that he works with and this gentleman is a uh, retired uh, police officer mm-hmm. as well as a former member of our USMC so he's a former marine as well nice and yeah and he he works uh, t- together with Percy and I want to without any further ado I'd like to bring on Percy Alston and Tracy Burnett. Come on in, guys. Hey, good to see you guys hey, from uh, from not so sunny and very rainy uh, Maryland. <laughs> so, okay. well, I think we're pretty much sharing the same kind of weather right now. East Coast. You know? yep. It's probably got a little less snow. <laughs> Definitely. I don't know. They, they, got pop, they got popped a few times. Yeah. yeah, they got popped a few times. One, one of those storms hit them and missed us. I don't know. How. <laughs> <laughs> like, we never escaped those. But, um, you know, it's funny, guys, uh, you, you know, I was I was at a wrestling tournament uh, last week, week, week before, and one of the, the um, police officers in town is a wrestling coach. And you know, I've known him for a very, very long time. And so we were talking and, you know, he sounded so upset, so dejected. OK, there was um, in my neighborhood, there was um, a crime. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they were searching for one of the guys. The guys had. Uh, rap sheets as long as your arm. They're in for one was from Staten Island, the other was from Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And one of them escaped. They got one, the other one escaped, and they had helicopters there and everything. After six hours, they caught him. They caught him like right by my house. Wow. Okay? So, um, super dejected because within the day, mm-hmm. guess what? what? They were out. Wow. They were out. Okay. Now, the other thing was they just also in my neighborhood, like, and this just happened mm-hmm. two weeks ago. Now the next week, mm-hmm. someone's stealing a car, and with the new AG put in a rule that you cannot engage in high-speed chases. So they just watch the guy drive off. Wait, whoa, whoa, timeout. Yeah. <laughs> so they, so they, oh, that guy's going too fast. See you later. Yeah, they can't wow. chase. They can't chase. They and, can't chase anybody. No. So in all of New Jersey. Yeah, and actually Maryland's had that that rule for a while, right, gentlemen? That's correct. There's only there's only a handful of reasons why you, we are allowed to pursue people um, anymore in Maryland, and just a plain stolen vehicle is not one of them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so just drive fast. Correct. <laughs> oh so, man. So now let me ask you: What if you, what if you're speeding? Did someone pull you over? You can you can be pulled over if you comply. If you comply, <laughs> that's the problem. Yes, and that's that, correct. Now. And if, the, and the, and the, if they um, it, it depends, you know, um, you know, there are different factors that come into play, whether or not it's two or three o'clock in the morning and, and um, there's no one else on the, on the highway. If we can get a tag and confirm or deny that nothing else is in play, whether, you know, it's not a homicide vehicle, it's not a carjack vehicle or anything like that. But once we get that confirmation, if it's just a regular speeding vehicle, then see you later. Our, our our best tools when something like that, like that occurs are going to be our radio and cameras in the area. And uh, hopefully we can get, like as uh, Tracy said, hopefully we can get a tag, uh, a picture, a video of the, the violator, the driver. But other than that, it's tough. Now, now my understanding is that the this rule came into effect due to uh, wanting to reduce fatalities in car, in car chases. I mean... Um, are there what are the statistics? Do you know any statistics on that, or you know, 
why that rule came into effect? Am I, am I, I wrong? My assumption. I, I can't tell you the specific numbers, but I do. Know, you're you're absolutely correct. The liability. So, you know, somebody commits an armed robbery and the police chase them, and the, the bad guy drives away, and the bad guy hits another vehicle and say kills somebody in another vehicle. Yeah. The family of that of that victim, they end up suing the police department and that local jurisdiction because usually the bad guy doesn't have insurance it doesn't have anything that you can sue so they're going to sue because we pursued them it's our fault so so the um the mindset from their perspective is that we created the exigency in the mind of the criminal uh, they would not have pressed the issue to the ex to that extent had we not pursued them not saying it's right. Wow. That's, that's the mentality. So wow. If that officer and, and listen, you know, the um the citizen is not gonna if the, the effect the affected family is not gonna go after the guy who's getting locked up for 40 years for hitting somebody. It's gonna right. go after it's gonna go after the police force. Um when they start getting too many of those, when they start piling up, it becomes a problem. Um mm -hmm. and this the community is always going to in that situation going to side with the citizen was it that important and it always boils down to let's say we don't have confirmation that the person is only running because they stole a wallet from the store and we think that possibly it's a carjack vehicle in that time that it takes us to confirm that if that individual strikes and kills somebody because they don't have the responsibility that we have to slow down and clear intersections to make sure that nobody else is coming, that we don't hit anybody. They just blow through the intersection. They T-bone they T-bone your grandmother. They're yeah. gonna say, the news is gonna say, police chase guy for a stolen wallet. Right. Right. Wow. It's true, but at the same time, we had no way of knowing if he stole a wallet or if he killed somebody and was and was running because of that. Right. Well, most of the time when you do pick up these perps they usually have other outstanding warrants or they've uh, been involved in some of the crimes and as guys i know there's many many times when you catch somebody and then you know you you run their prints or you you know get their id out there and you find out that they have been involved in other generally more serious crimes that's why you know one of the situations with the um uh turnstile jumpers in in the subways and they made that oh no that's not illegal now in new york well you know you know how many you know, bad guys were caught by our police officers in there. Um, you, know, you know, this this whole thing just brings up in my mind that this the total devaluation of our police force. Well, you got to uh, look you know, at you look at Timothy McVeigh. Look how he was caught. Police officer gets behind him, run, runs his tag, and next thing you know, that blows that case wide open. Yeah. No, no pun intended, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Huh. I mean, look at that. I mean, the, the the thing is that when when we're able to run tags, apprehend these perpetrators, it's a, it's a safety factor for society. Um, you know, it just seems like that. Of course, you know, we, we have a media that does not favor our police officers. I mean, it's it makes me sick. Look, I'm a 9-11 survivor. I don't know if Percy told you that. Um, and, you no. know, I, I remember how everybody was after that. You know, everybody was, you know, got together. Nobody cared about anything. Just we were all Americans. We all got together. Uh, people love the police officers. They love the firefighters, everybody. And now the police officers are walking around with a target on their back. 
a literal target on her back. Uh, you know, I'm right outside New York City. Uh, Doug, can you pull up those uh, yes, two, two young officers? You got it. I mean, this disgusts me on every level. Um, here you got Officer Jason Rivera and Officer Wilbert Moore. Officer Rivera had wanted to be a police officer his whole life. The guy was only 22 years old. He was already going back to his old high school to inspire other other students, the young guys and girls there, to become police officers. You know, I don't know all that much about Wilbur uh, Moore. I know he's a little bit older. Uh, I think he was 27, but two young guys. And, you know, guys, you know what? Not from nothing. They joined the force when cops were being looked down upon. But they thought enough of society, of our country, of our city, of their community to put themselves out there. And then they get gunned down with an illegal gun, you know, that, which makes me laugh um, because guns, you're not supposed to have a gun in New York City. And yet the crime rate is up. Violent crimes are up 30 percent. Well, um, you, bring, you bring up an excellent point, because an, another problem we have is um, if we eliminated one thing, if we minimize the amount of recidivists that, <laughs> that, that officers deal with. If people got the time for the crimes that they were supposed to get, mm -hmm. it would be a, a far greater deterrent than increased police presence, um, heavier handed police tactics and all of the above. We just got to put pressures, pressure on the courts to do what the courts are supposed to do. The yeah. prosecutors have no interest in justice. What they have an interest in is putting, putting something on their on their record that says i won this i won this i won this i won this what that does is gives them something to use in their political aspirations later on down the line or whether, whether they're going to trying to be judges or or whatever but it does nothing for the citizen there's, there's nothing for the victim you know they're um making deals i had a stolen vehicle one time yeah. lady takes off i apprehend the suspect lady takes off work comes there and the guy gets uh, a probation before judgment. She looks at me like, you know, why did I even come here? You know, yeah. and, and so that's that's what we're up against. And um, I'm I'm um, developing a, uh, a, a class right now, a, a lesson mm -hmm. plan for uh, what we call a contempt of cop. And so mm -hmm. in, in so doing, we're um, attempting to get out ahead of uh, what police officers are dealing with today as far as the um, public's, the general public's attitude toward us and what the uniform represents to them. Um, how to, how to uh, avoid um, negative confrontations or negative right. interactions with, um, with people. And, um, you know, which means sometimes taking a concession at an earlier point within a communication with the citizen. And we're just trying to get out trying to be proactive and recognizing that you know you, you took the words right out of my mouth because i was gonna say how are you guys preparing you know our up-and-coming officers you know for the life in the street now you know it's, it's one thing that um i've actually been involved in very heavily and um actually i have a contract with this company called p3 now and i do the defensive tactics and i just trained a couple of guys that um went through the new jersey state police academy and they yeah they did a great job in their dt um and one thing that 
that I think we have to do. And I know I love what you're doing because that's being proactive. You know, one of the things I noticed that with um, hand-to-hand tactics, uh, you know, we've all seen the videos of these hand-to-hand tactics that, uh, you know, cops are getting hammered uh, or, or they're not prepared properly. Um, and, you know, that's why I came up with this Leo Less Than Lethal program. And it teaches police officers how to apply martial arts, grappling, jujitsu techniques properly in a street situation so you can de-escalate things. I mean, okay, here, example is, um, was it 2020? The um, the guy in uh, Atlanta who was shot, the two cops had him on the ground and then he got out. I mean, that should have never happened. If they knew any basic grappling skills, that would have never happened. And I've been screaming about this way before George Floyd, way before any of these these things came, came to light um, about this this lack of training. And, and now the problem is that because as police officers, that hasn't been brought out. So we have to listen to the, um, to these boards, tell us what can be done and what can't be done. Um, you know, like even in New York, if you do a seatbelt lock, which is under the arm and over the shoulder, that can be considered a choke, which, you know, that's an upper body restraint. Um, you know, I'm teaching guys different, you know, when you have someone on the ground, instead of putting their knee on your back, clamp their head between your knees. No, they can breathe now and you're not, you're not crushing them. You know, so there's a whole bunch of different things, but my thing is I like, I love the fact that you're getting out in front of this because we have to set the tone. We have to be able to put forth the, the rules and have the, and have the, um, the criteria set so it doesn't get set for us. That's correct. You know, Phil and I have spoken many times about, you know, when these videos get posted of officers who, um, been involved or engaged in, in a situation where uh, somebody gets injured or killed and so much of it uh, like the the drive-through at uh, uh in georgia you know yep. the uh shooting uh where the uh, female officer uh thought she was pulling her taser and tracy and i have spoken about these as well so much of these issues arise from a lack of training you know, there's a, a, an allotted amount of time that you can do in a police academy. Our academy is six months long, 26 weeks. Um, we do quite a bit of training, but not enough. We'd like to do more. Um, but then once you graduate an academy and you go to work, you know, you do your in-service hours every year. And in, in Maryland, it's a minimum of 18 hours of in-service training. And some of that is our other mandatory courses. There's not enough training. So you have that repetition. So I have, yep. you know, there's recall. So when I, you know, when I'm going to take an action, I know what I'm doing. The movements become natural. Um, that's not there for many. You know, a lot of these guys who are police officers, they qualify with their firearm once a year, and that's it. Yep. And so when when it, you're called to use that or, or to pull your weapon, you know, you're not familiar with it enough, and it's no. so it's 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 bad. They need more training. So. Instead of defunding the police, you need to increase the funding to provide more training because that's it costs money to train. So there's, there's a lot of there. let me just go back to one thing that uh, yeah. sort of came up where we're mm-hmm. talking about the, the common person out there. We'd like to increase their support. I still believe and I purport I, I support this and, and say this all the time. Majority of the people, the citizens out there support and love the police. Yep. Majority yes. of the people do. It's a vocal minority. And a a certain uh, uh, political uh, group that um, are anti-police, but they're very vocal and they've created this sort of thought 
process that the police are bad, police are bad. But, you know, we the, the community that we live in is primarily minority. And mm. there was no calls for defunding the police because people in this community realize, realize people in this community realize that we need the police. You know, visibility is a deterrent, good communication, good response. Those things are great. Um, and look, Tr Tracy and I are both retired police officers. We didn't want to work with bad cops. We wanted to get rid of the bad cops. It's our job right now to weed out those that are not qualified to serve as police officers. And we don't even accept them in our academy. Um, but people do through, and people make mistakes. Sometimes you can correct a mistake, but it's when they cross the line. We don't want that person in our profession. So we're, we're on the same side as the people that want to get rid of the bad cops. But like I said, majority of the people support, defend, love the police. Well, yeah, you can look at uh, Minnesota, right? When they wanted to, Minneapolis wanted to defund the police. Uh, yeah, that, that, that all worked out pretty good. But the people did not want that, as it turned out. They did not wind up doing it. Why? Because you need police officers. Police officers Without police officers, we have complete chaos. And, and then who's going to take over? Look at where we are in a lot of these communities where the police have pulled back. They're not doing proactive police work anymore. So in, in the communities where Tracy and I work, we and patrol, and I retired a long time ago, but, um, you know, we did proactive work. You know, you, we would, you know, drive around our communities, get out of our cars, say hello to the, the business owners, the people in the neighborhood. But if we saw something out of place, we would stop them, engage them to find out what they were doing. If somebody did uh, suspicious, there was suspicious activity, we would stop them, engage them and find out what they were doing. Now, a lot of officers in various communities, they see that they don't engage because they're afraid. If I engage with this person, there's a possibility I could get in trouble. I could be charged. I could get hurt or killed. And and so, you know, why take the risk? Right. Why take the risk? No. And, you know, the, you know, the, the scales know this, the, you know, the, the perpetrators know this and they're taking full advantage of it. I mean, we used to never have anything happening in, in my area. And now it's, it's increased. I mean, we're having, to, you know, we, we have to have lookouts all the time. You have to, you know, make sure your alarm's on, you know, people, yeah, I mean, I never did this stuff, but people leave their keys in their car. I mean, kind of, kind of short-sighted. Um, I would never do that. But, you know, things that I tell people, don't even leave your key fob in your car. Don't leave your garage door opener in your car. Because all they have to do is bust the window and now they have access to your house. That's I mean, correct. these are... You know, and, and the, th the fact is these guys are getting away with it. I mean, they get a slap on the wrist at best. I mean, in New York City, you don't – resisting arrest is is not a, a prosecutable charge now. I mean, that, that, that new DA brag, I mean, the guy's a joke. I mean, I, I, I don't know. And if the, if the police officers do not have the backing of – of the brass, of uh, not the brass, of the um, the leaders right. in there, like the mayors, the the DA, so forth. What is that doing to the morale? You know, and 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 how are we going to go in and turn this around? Because man, I know a lot of police officers. I've trained them. I continue to train them. And you know, I want the best for them, and I want them to be as safe as possible. But how are we going to elicit these changes? Because we got that vocal minority. That has the media in their pocket. I'll say it because I don't care. I'll say anything I want. I know you guys maybe can't, but I will. <laughs> they have they have the media in their pocket. They're far left wing, loud mouth radicals. They're of the woke cancel culture group. 
and they're trying to break our society down. And they want to have this utopian, Marxist-driven, communist, quasi-socialist society. Uh, and that's what they're pushing. Pretty much anything but America. Yeah. <laughs> they want to destroy our country. That's pretty much what they want to do. So, so uh, you know, you guys are, you know, and I'm, I'm doing my thing here. I'm trying. I'm fighting the fight. And, um, uh, you know, uh, there's, there's the people that are against me right now. But, you know. I'm dealing with it. Uh, yeah, it's okay. so, and it's okay. It's okay. But you know what? So, so now how, uh, you know, I know that uh, Tracy has that, that program, which I think is just awesome to do. Uh, that, that's a great proactive measure, but how are we going to get these politicians to go on our side as opposed to voting them out? Because, you know, everyone says vote them out, vote them out, vote them out. And then everyone goes, they, Oh, but I like my they, guy. They respond, they respond to public opinion. So on, on one side of the pendulum, we have a order. On the other side, we have crime, right? Where we are right now is the pendulum has all has swung all the way to their favor. There comes there comes a, a point in time in every pendulum swing where it goes up, hits an apex, and pauses for a moment. That's where we are. We're at the pause. What what happens right there is important. So they have to. We have to make sure that they see that whatever occurs is a direct result of the inactivity caused by their policies right yeah. and once that occurs then people will step back a little bit and, and we're in a dangerous place in maryland because we just had some some things come down the pike that's going to um put uh crosshairs on officers really and so there's going to be the, these citizens um <clears throat> involved in um disciplinary measures that 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 go forth with officers and sad to say that in the beginning when they unleash this thing there's going to be um it's going to be a heavy-handed approach, I believe, and some officers are going to be made examples of. And so that, to that point, officers want to, are, are naturally going to pull back and, you know, not want to be that guy. I know I wouldn't yeah. want to be that guy. No. And so, but then I think in their heavy-handed approach, we're talking about that, that pendulum at the apex, mm -hmm. they're going to mm -hmm. see the people who are in control of the citizens going to, on, on that side are going to see that what they're doing is having an adverse effect on the community at large because the community is going to suffer. And so there'll be a point in time where they say, you know what, ah, we get it now. You guys were kind of right. But how long is that going to take? Whose career is going to be sacrificed on that? And whose freedom is going to be sacrificed as a result of that? Right. You know, you know, the other thing is, too, is that it also causes a more dangerous situation because you brought up a point. Uh, because there's going to be hesitancy. And you know, yes. you've been out there, there's split-second decisions that have to be made. This could cause the death of an officer. This could cause the death of a civilian. This this, this is very dangerous because they have to, again, you know, we, we spoke about the training. Training has to be ingrained. You know, we have to have uh, in-service training. You have to have the training that's continuous because you don't want to lose your ability to respond quickly, but you have to be quick, quickly, and it has to be quick, decisive, and within the uh, you know within the proper realm of, of use of force. But um, if they have to delay that, people are going to lose their lives. And if you have that in the back of your head, you know it's uh, it's very dangerous. Yeah. You know? um, so like the the tough part about this whole thing too is you're giving a very strict set of rules to one side and the other side has zero rules are trying to kill you. 
Yeah, you know, that's other things too. Is I know that you guys have arrested people before, and you know, I I did tons of grappling matches, and people think that it's easy just to hold someone down who doesn't want to be held down. I mean, you know, guys, if you want to elaborate on that a little bit, you know, it's it's very very difficult to do that. Sure, and also also fighting somebody who's intoxicated on on controlled substances you know, fencyclodine or something like that, or, you know, any type of analgesic or anesthetic drug where they don't feel pain. So your, your pain compliance controls may not work. Um, so, but also when people are more emboldened to resist and yes. to use force or to shoot at a police officer uh, or anybody um, with, with, without fear of repercussion, that's a problem. You know, we, we, you know, we sort of alluded to it earlier. You know, the issue with guns, you know, you know, I, I, actually, I know that the three of us and I'm not sure about Doug, but the three of us love guns. We love shooting. Um, but it's not the issue with the guns. It's the laws. The laws are already in place, but they don't enforce the law. So when you catch a guy with an illegal gun, a guy who kills two police officers with an illegal gun. So besides the murder, the first degree murder of a law enforcement officer and you have the apply the, the the gun charges that are supposed to be so so tough in New York um yeah. apply the gun charge and give him the time he's supposed to get you know don't minimize it because you know we're concerned about the the, the criminals rights stop it yeah. Yeah. I mean that, that that stuff has to come to an end I mean you look at the, the guy the guy was from Baltimore who killed the, the officers Moore and Rivera and he had a glock with a with a 40 round capacity uh, magazine drum. on it. The drum, yeah. Drum, yeah, he had the drum on there. Um, okay, well, first of all, it's an illegal gun, so if you're going to sit there and make more strict gun laws, it's not going to affect him. Why? He's a criminal. Wake up. He's a criminal. They don't care about laws. That's why they are criminals. I mean, how many times do you do you hear somebody, hey, gosh, I'm sorry I was late for the armed robbery. I was registering my gun. Yeah, you never. Never, because they're illegal guns, because they're involved in illegal activity. So you can put all the rules, all the laws on the citizens that you want. You can put magazine capacity, blah, 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 blah. It's not going to drop the crime rate. The only thing the law, the only people that the laws affect are the three of us in this room who abide by the laws that are in place. I abide by it. I got one. I got my COVID gun. And isn't that the truth? The COVID gun. It's like COVID broke out and you have all the rioting and protesting all over America with no recourse. You know, everybody went out and bought guns. So even the people who are anti-Second Amendment, anti-gun, they went out to buy guns and they were like, yeah, I'd like to buy that gun. Okay, we fill out this form. We do a background check. You have to take a class. You have to wait seven days. And they're like, wait a second. You mean I can't buy the gun off the shelf? No. Wait, well, so when did this go in place? This is the policy. I'll just talk about Maryland. This is what's in place for Maryland. You know, I call it, you know, a draconian state. However, we have checks and balances in place for people who want to buy guns. But we can't control illegal gun sales. So it is what it is. You're never going to put that genie back in the bottle either. No. no. Real, real quick. You watch any action movie, right? And put your hands up, right? As soon as they go for the gun, it's like all bets are off, right? Like that's like in any action movie. As soon as they go to the gun and point it, like all bets are off. I feel like we don't have that in real life. Like you can do whatever you want. You could shoot at me, but you can't apprehend me. Am I like, is there, is there like, what's the, what's, what are the rules there? Why, why can't 
if I, if you're threatening my life, shouldn't there be a line where all bets are off? Like you're shooting at me with a gun. Well, yeah, I mean, there's last resort tactics. You guys, please. Take yeah, it. please. Well, no, if this no, no, over threats, we still have uh, the ability to do, to do what we need to do. Mm-hmm. Now, where we um where we run into problems is is with is is that hindsight is twenty twenty. So if somebody now you have idiots out there, somebody will come out there and pretend like they have a weapon and be going for a cell phone just to say ah a cell phone ah a cell phone like that. But the first time they go for it and you telling them let me see your hands, let me see your hands, and then you pop somebody, you know, the tape is going to show if there's video that the, the guy only had a cell phone. Oh well, but you know what? It it depends. It goes by what I believed at the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I believed at the time. Now if I saw you talking on the phone and then put the phone in your back pocket and then. You know, that's something I can't just use that as an excuse to take your life. I should be prosecuted at that point. However, but if you're pretending the cell phone's a gun, like, like, come on. Well, here's the major, here's the major crux is that you weren't listening. You were not listening to the directions of the officer. I don't have to listen. Yeah. Yeah. They don't care about that. Yeah. They don't care about that. Look at the officer who shot the girl who was trying to stab the other girl. You know, yeah. he shot her, and then he's being crucified for defending the victim's life. Right. And should have shot the knife out of her hand. Of course, we know you can't do that. Yeah. Should have shot her in the leg. Should have shot her in the calf. Something like that. It's stupid. But Oh, so- no. The, the big one is that he shouldn't have shot her because she was the one who called the police. Right. <laughs> like so one, one of the things, you know, you Doug, that you brought up, one of the differences, I'll ask this to Doug and Phil, a question. Mm-hmm. What's one of the differences between Tracy and I as law enforcement and the bad guy when we get into a shootout? And I'll answer because we want to have dead air. So the difference is when the bad guy's shooting at us, he doesn't care. He has no liability. He's just shooting at us, trying to end us. But when we engage and we use force, we use deadly force, I'm responsible for where that round goes. So if I miss him or if it penetrates him, you know, when it goes, it goes through a wall or something like that. And I have to be aware of the sight picture behind the target where I'm shooting. I'm mm-hmm. concerned about liability. I'm concerned about all those things. I'm concerned about my, my being able to articulate my, my justifiable use of deadly force. The bad guy doesn't care about that. He just pulls the gun and shoots, puts his gun up sideways and, you know, you know, dropping ranks. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, here's the thing. You got, you know, police officers are are accountable and have to go by a certain set of rules of engagement where the criminals don't have that. So it's like you're boxing with queen, queens of Marksbury rules. And this guy kicks you in the nuts. <laughs> you know? Pretty and, much. and it's OK. And it's OK. You know, so this is something that's very difficult to deal with. You know, there was something that was brought up before, Percy, when you were talking about um, – you know, getting weeding out the bad cops and anybody. Look, when I hear about a bad martial arts instructor, I mean, it makes me sick to my stomach, you know. Um, and I know you guys feel the same way because it, it makes your job harder because then everyone shines that light on you. But you know what? If you look at the amount of deaths caused by in, in police shootings and if you look at the amount of deaths caused by doctors, it's like the the difference is dramatic. It's like something like, over 200,000 deaths a year mm-hmm. are caused by doctors because of a doctor messing something up. But nobody's you know, talking about getting rid of doctors. 
Not in any industry, there's bad teachers that do stuff they're not supposed to be doing. You know what I mean? Like there's bad because the doctor, doctor doesn't have or... a rest. Doctor doesn't have arrest yeah. powers. The doctor's not yeah. marching your, marching your dad out of the uh, your drunk dad out of the house on Christmas Eve because he slapped your mom. Yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and the doctor's not on the body camera. Yeah, there's, there's yeah. no footage. Yeah, but it, it, you know, you can't just relate it to oh, uh, there was this many police deaths. I mean, if you look at it right now, I mean. The, the deaths to police just this year are astounding. And if you look at some of the um, you look at some of the uh, the, the deaths from uh, uh, from just overall deaths and crime, crime is up in every ma every major city at least thirty percent, at least thirty violent crimes are up over thirty percent in every major city. Well, actually, I, I, let me let me digress there. Uh, we're, if we're talking about Eight cities in particular, all all run, uh, you know. I'll say it. They're run by the left. They're run by um, the blue state. They're blue cities, and the the crime is up dramatically. And the protection and the backing of the politicians is not there for the police. Wasn't so, the governor of Minnesota was telling them to riot or something? No, he's allowing it. He was, no, uh, like the, the the woman, the woman governor was like antagonizing it or or. Saying they should be, I don't know. I don't. I want to say something. I don't well, know about. Well, actually, <laughs> well, actually, actually, during the Freddie Gray case, the uh, mayor then of Baltimore, uh, you know, it allowed a time for them to, you know, for the for the citizens and rioters, whatever, to um, to you know get it out of their system. Mm -hmm. um, how long was that period of uh, uh, that that rioting period in uh, in Baltimore? And I'm going to assume that Baltimore has not recovered since then. You know, it, I mean, it was in certain areas, I believe over a week, um, but there was just so much damage that and, you know, it's tough for a uh, an urban city, a city like that to recover. You know, you have a lot of businesses that are like, why would I rebuild here when I wasn't protected and defended? Um, yeah. you know, when you burn down a tire store that has nothing to do with the actions of the police, um, you know, it's tough. It's tough, tough to explain, you know, and look, I mean, look at what's going on in San Francisco now. California, just, you're reading my mind. You're where, reading my mind. Where the, where the, the people are going into the stores and just stealing stuff and the jewelry stores and everything. And then they run out and, you know, basically in certain jurisdictions, the police are told, just let it go, just let it go. And I'm like, so if I own that business, I'm shutting doors down and getting out of there, or I'm hiring armed security, you know, to stand there, you know, like when, when we went to Costa Rica, you know, yeah. at the banks, the, the guards at the banks are standing in front with ARs slung across <laughs> their chest, and that's just the way it is, and that's commonplace. Is that what we want to get to in this country? You know, I, I hope not. I, you know, and that, so a lot of what we're talking about is I want to live in a community where I can go anywhere and do anything and feel safe. And not have to look over my shoulder and not worry about being robbed or carjacked, you know, or anything like that. But you know, that's a utopia. But I mean, that's what I want, ideally. I think that's yeah, what it's a good goal. Right? That's what everybody wants. wants it, except for the criminals. But yet, but yet, our attorneys and the way our courts are 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 positioned, they're protecting them. I mean, heck, how bad is it that you're in California? What people are doing is they're leaving their cars completely open, like the hatchback up, doors open, windows down, to show that they have nothing to steal or just take what you want, just don't smash my windows. Is that insane? This is what people, this is what 
This is what we've been reduced to in some of these areas. I mean, uh, it's, and it all has to do with the lack of support and lack of respect for our police officers. And you know what? It comes from two sources, those left-wing politicians and the far-left media. And it's their fault. And let me tell you something. Those two officers that died, the, their, their blood is on the hands of Bill de Blasio. He was a former mayor he set this tone. He turned his back on our cops. He did not have their back. He imposed all these laws. He took away the stop and frisk, took away the, the crime units that deter crime. And it's just going up and up and up and up. And who's he helping here? I want to know, who are these people helping? And when are people going to wake up? You know, I, I, you know, I've been pretty calm the whole time, but I'm pretty irate about this. When are people going to wake up? When are they going to start serving the people that that support the neighborhoods? What about the 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 the, the working mom who's you know she's got to come home and then her you know her kid gets shot in the street or something like that? Come on, this is ridiculous. And, and who the hell are we protecting? And you know what? It's you know it's it's got to it's got to come to a head sometime. And I'm hoping that this is now, and we just got to keep pushing for that. Any uh, thoughts on that, guys? Well, I think we alluded to it earlier that, you know, for us, um, I told you, and I told Tracy when, when he was hired here, I said, you'll get to a point. He, and Tracy's actually been at the here where we work longer than I have. He's the lead drill instructor for the class and teaches other classes as well. So he's actually, you know, now that he's full-time here, he's the lead disciplinarian and, and brings the, the recruits in line. But, you know, I said, we'll get, you'll get to a place like I did when I started here as the director that, I feel that what we're doing is so valuable to law enforcement and to the community because we have the ability to help to shape and create good law enforcement officers and instill good values and discipline in them. Now, does somebody who graduates from our academy occasionally cross the line and we get a bad one, a bad seed? Yeah, absolutely. Like every other agency, but it's our job to create, and to to set the tone for them when they go out on the street and every class that I've been involved in that I know Tracy's been involved in as well. Um, we, you know, we'll pull somebody during their, we call it their final exams or basic survival training. We'll pull them and tell them you're done. You do not have um, what it takes to be a police officer. Either they're, they're, uh, they don't, uh, their, their threat perception is bad or they overreact. Um, they're not sensitive to the, the, the suspects. We have role players that come in. You know, you're not sensitive to those people. So something they're doing, we all feel uncomfortable and we would not put them out on the street. It wouldn't be safe. So we do that every class. So I'm not obligated. I tell the class on day one, I said, I don't care if, if two of you graduate and walk across the stage. Um, we'll graduate the people that are qualified to serve as police officers. So we have a tremendous obligation to only graduate those good candidates, you know, you, as a police officer with a badge and gun, you have the authority to take somebody's freedom and to take somebody's life. And, but, you know, our goal is to save lives and to make people's lives better. So, you know, that's, that's what I think about when we're in here and our responsibility. And I, Tracy and I are, are lockstep on a lot of uh, those same principles. And I love having him here now that I, you know, I, I've got somebody to bounce those, those ideas off of, but also um, he has new ideas. Like, like the class he was talking about earlier. So that's great. 
Yeah. I mean, you know, I, you know, I give you guys a lot of credit because, you know, it takes a lot of guts to tell someone to get out. Oh, yeah. It takes a lot of guts, you know, um, and a lot of people get passed through, uh, you know, yeah. for whatever reasons, you know, the, the whoever's running it says, I, I don't want to make any waves. I got to pass this person, whatever the case may be. But, you know, that, and, and, you know, more departments, you know, more academies have to be like this, like what you're doing. Because you can't put those can't put those bad apples out in the street. But I'm, my, but you know, you're doing all you can do. But now the flip side is a coin. The flip side of the coin is, what about the politicians? What about this media? When are they going to start doing the right thing by the police officers, by the community? When a lot of a lot of times when they become the victim of a crime, then all of a sudden their yeah. their view will change. When, when crime comes to their community, they'll change. When I was in the um, military, we always had, said that nobody loves the troops until the enemy's at the door, you know, or on the shores, right? So same thing, you know, your daughter gets hit over here, then all of a sudden that particular crime is something that needs to be addressed. That's just the way it works. You don't wish, you don't wish ill on certain people, but you know what? things happen, you, you kind of sort of appreciate it for what it's worth and you, and you move forward at that point in time. I'll leave it at that. You know, oh, a lot gosh. of these, a lot of these elected officials have protection details and they're like, get rid of the guns, get rid of this, get rid of that, get rid of the police, defund the police. Meanwhile, they're being driven to and from in an armor plated vehicle with, with armed uh, security carrying uh, uh, right patrol rifles. And, you know, it's like, really? Exactly. And all of them have fences and walls around their house, yep. around their house. Yeah. 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 And, 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 they, and they, they don't want us to have the same thing because, you know, we are, we are the peons. We are, we are the nothings and, uh, and they're the elites. Um, you know, and this, this honestly, you know, what we're faced with and, you know, it's a, it's a, we have to change. What we really have to do is work to change the culture. And, it, and right now they own the culture and we have to change that. So, and, um, no, go ahead. So, so I'll go back to, I'll touch back on something that um, you, you mentioned earlier when um, Percy was talking about, you know, our duty to, um, you know, pretty much be gatekeepers for this profession, and, you know, in, in our particular lane. Um, we have empathy for people whose dreams get crushed, but trust me when I tell you, we have no reservations about pulling anybody from the academy when they can't cut it. You, because nine times out of ten, we're going to save their life, and we're going to save yep. somebody else's life. So, we, there's there's no hesitation whatsoever when it comes to that. We we are great about documentation, to to the most microaggressive thing that they might do, to the most overt thing that that they do. We take we make note of it, and we um intelligently put it in a way that you know that lets us see what needs to be done. It's, it's a cumulative thing. We don't make a snap judgment on anybody's career. So by the time we get to that point, there's enough ammunition to say, listen, you just don't have it. And we don't, we don't feel bad about that. It was that particular part of it at all. Well, that's, you know, again, that's a testament to the work that you guys are doing at your Academy there, because that's a, that's a, that's a lot of work, a lot of detail, but you know what? You have to put forth the best product that you can and it's for the safety of the officers, safety of themselves, like you said, and the safety of the community. And, you know, the, the more that you can raise that level of officer 
I think that the uh, the situations will come down, which they already have, already have come down. Um, and I, I see a lot of proactive policing going on. And the thing is, what we have to do is get ahead of it, not wait for it to be dictated to us. We have to get ahead of this so that the the constraints are coming from our people, the police, not from you know these. Uh, dictators up there that's a, that's another excellent that's another excellent point um we can help ourselves you know we can help ourselves by being um have a higher standard of expectation than 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 the than the citizens do yes. so and that involves when we see somebody on our side doing something that they're not supposed to do then we have to correct that we have to correct that we um bad actors are are no good for any of us and Percy is excellent about this. He said that earlier, and I agree wholeheartedly. But we, but we will not sit, stand by, and watch good officers go down, you know, because of something um, perception-wise that just that doesn't jive with with what we know to be facts about what we can and cannot do. Yes, that is. Yeah, look, that is my biggest concern. Good officers going down. Bad officers, I don't care. I want them out. Yeah, like everybody. Everybody wants them out. So right. you know what. They, 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 for some, and, and like personally, I've had this discussion before, but sometimes a cop starts off good and then gets very jaded after X amount of time. Um, you know, and sometimes people become bad after a while. Who knows? But you got to get them out. But I want to protect our good officers because those are the ones we need. We need them in the forefront. We need them to protect us. Um, you know, they need them to protect our, our way of life because without them, not going to have it. And culture matters. The, the, yes. Sometimes you have to um, be aware of the culture that you're walking into, and sometimes you have to be that you have to be that agent of change. If there's a um, if there's a rotten atmosphere to wherever you're going, that's we're we're the higher calling, and sometimes you got to put your big boy pants on and go do that. <laughs> that is not an easy task. No. Well, well, gentlemen, uh, you know I want to thank you very much for making this podcast today and being in here. You're input insight was incredible and you know people you know get behind your police officers you know if you want to uh, comment on this share this you know the the police are out there you know protecting you um and we have to really put the we really have to put the pressure on the government officials to change these rules and give our police officers a latitude and give them the tools to be able to protect us thank you gentlemen Thank you. Master, thank you. Yeah, this is Master Phil. Master Phil in your corner. Strength and honor. <laughs>